0: Praise the Lord. Thank God for His greatness. Amen. We know when we think great, which is generally contrary to what God thinks about greatness. I was studying about Him actually before I come to church, studying for a week or so down the road <clears throat> about His greatness, and I thought how profound His greatness actually is, that Hebrews 2 says that the children were partakers of flesh and blood, so he must be the same way. In the original translation, I never read it before, but he took not on him the nature or the seed of Abraham, or the angels rather, but the seed of Abraham. And the way it was written there in the Greek, it said that he did not catch an angel But he caught a man. So it was from a metaphor that was used during that time frame that though angels fell, he did not catch them, but he caught a man. In order to catch a man, he had to become one. Aren't you glad? Praise God. Let's turn tonight to Genesis chapter um, 22, if you would, verse 15. Still rejoicing on the service on Sunday. We had an awesome, awesome service. Praise the Lord, certainly. Appreciate Brother Darrow just obeying the Lord. And I've heard of several people that got healed right here in the service Sunday. Amen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself I have I sworn, saith the Lord. For because thou hast done this thing and has not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Now in Genesis 24, 60, whenever Rebekah is fixing to be united into the family of Abraham, this is what her family prayed for her. And they blessed Rebekah and said unto her, Thou art our sister, be thou the mother of thousands of millions and let thy seed possess the gate of those which hate them. Now we know of course that we're not the natural seed of Abraham but we are Abraham's faith seed. I wonder if there's anybody here tonight that's got some gates that you need to need to possess. I imagine all of us would. Well I think that before we can actually possess them that we must get into the spirit of the word. Now we know that everything is motivated by spirit and our our world is certainly under the influence of all kinds of spirits. Um, people going out and killing one another and all kinds of things. Another variant of COVID that's they found and um, we were just getting a little bit of reprieve from that and now a lot of people going to get under the spirit of fear and they're going to be all tore up and all worried, but just believe. Amen! Just, just believe. Our God is greater than everything that we'll ever face. Let me just brief this quote for you again that we've been reading. We've got, we got to get into the spirit of the last days when the last days are here. You go to a dance hall and you've got to get into the spirit of dancing or they won't dance. You've got to go to church. You've got to get in the spirit of worship before you can worship. The world's got to get in the spirit of the last days before the last days can come. You know what I'm convinced? I'm convinced the world is in that spirit. Because we truly are in the last days. Is that right? You believe that with all your heart? But you know that there was a sequence of events that had to happen before it could actually come. And the people of the world had to get in that spirit. How they're going to do it? Reject God's word. Then when you reject God's word, you open up yourself for everything in the world imaginable. That's exactly what they've done. And God's promise that these things would be here. And that's what we've got. We're in the last days. And men and women are just sitting asleep and don't realize it. But that's not not me. Is that not you? That's not me. That, that quote, uh, part of that applies to me, but the other part don't. That's right. Well, praise the Lord. That's right. Hey, you know what? If they can pick what part that they're going to fulfill, I can. Yes, sir. I'm, I am not Pharaoh. I'm not Judas. I'm not Esau. I'm a believer. Amen. I'm a Christian. Yes, sir. I'm an heir. How many has a request on your heart before the Lord you'd like to be remembered? Lord Jesus, we count it such an honor, Father, that we could gather together again in your presence how we love to come to church how we love to be with one another and that that's so good and it's it's helpful to us because we receive benefit by being around the right people but yet that can only go so far but whenever we are together with the right people in the right place in your house under an expectation that you're going to move Father, it's just absolutely awesome what will take place. We pray tonight, Father God, that you would help us anoint our faith that it can gather together. We know that there's a great battle that we're facing in this day. Every time we meet here, it engages in that battle. It's a battle between light and darkness. It's a battle between demons and angels of God. We have taken our side and we are taking our stand. And we're asking for you to strengthen us, encourage us, give us what we have need of tonight, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Let's read uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 4. Let's look at another one of Abraham's natural seed. And he's a great hero of all of ours. His name is little David. Uh, He's a a great one, a great champion of God. And we know that he faced many, many things. And David was an outstanding man, young man now actually, uh, that we're going to read about. And he's uh, still very young. But yet God had promised this promise to Abraham hundreds and hundreds of years before David was ever even born. And David did not even have the Holy Ghost. David didn't even have a local assembly, and I've said it many times, it is probably a good thing that David lived in the Old Testament instead of the New. If David would have been a member of Happy Valley, I would imagine some of you would have got so annoyed at coming to church with David. Because he would have been a loud sort of a guy. He would have been a very noisy sort of a worshiper. He would have been the type of a person that a lot of people wouldn't have liked sitting on the same pew that David sat. As a matter of fact, if David would have sat here, more than likely there would have been a big spot there where nobody wouldn't have wanted to sit. Unless, of course, they were like David too. Because he was a type of person that he somehow, without the Holy Ghost, he broke into an understanding that God loved to be worshipped and that God loved to be praised. And David was, of course, a dancer, he was a shouter, he was a songwriter, he was a prophet in the sense of being able to receive inspiration. Not so much like Samuel now and Jeremiah, but he was a prophet in his own sense. But he was a man that was a multi-talented individual. But unlike some of the other heroes that we see, that we've looked at, thus far, uh, some of them never come into the glory of God in the light of the God of, of Abraham. Reflecting himself in their life until they got up in years. Some of them, their 40s, their 50s, as it was with Abraham, he wasn't even called until he was 75. But David started out quite young. And God had found that this young boy was something very special. And we know that the grace of God moving on people's lives for the purpose that he calls them for, that some he calls when they're young, some he calls when they're in their teens, some 20s, some may not call them to the 40 or 50, but yet God is the one who does that himself. But our first glimpse of David is as a very young lad. A boy that was, uh, you know, really, we probably wouldn't have looked at him and ever identified him as being one that God would use because he was a fellow that the Bible called him ready. He was also a fellow that was kind of cute. He kind of had a cute appearance about him. And he was a guy that, as I said, quite emotional. And sometimes emotional people can be very much misunderstood. Emotional people can be considered very nervous. So he was, had several things that probably a lot of people would have thought would not make really one of God's heroes. He was not one that was probably considered to be very stable. He would have been one that would have got quite excited pretty easily about some things. He was not like Paul at all. Paul was a more scholarly type of individual. A man that was a lot of wisdom. A man of great profound understanding. But David was not that type. He was one that would move on a very fast pulsation of face. A man that probably wasn't a witty sort of a guy by the time we pick up on him here. And he was one that was more moved. He was a heart man instead of a head man. Now, I'm not myself. I'm not against head men, uh, but what I've found is that sometimes the people who operate by their head they tend to be slower in response, and they tend to think about it and consider things and look at things and try to understand it before they move. Where a heart person, all it takes is one pulsation and they're gone. Come on. Now, truly heart people can tend to be ones that are more apt to mistake. A head person will think it through, reason it through. They also tend to be one that makes mistakes because they tend to wait so long before they get it figured out. Where a hard person, it takes a simple pulsation and the next thing you know, they're gone. They're just absolutely gone. And this is the type of individual that David, at least in this stage of his life, was. And we catch him whenever his father had sent him out to be able to bring his brothers uh, some food to eat. Unlike our armed forces of the day to where that our government itself pays them a very small salary and they will provide for them the food when they're out on the field. But in that day it was actually up to the uh, neighborhoods and the parents and the families to be able to send uh, food to their sons as they were fighting for the people. So the David's father Jesse had sent David out and he told him some things to take and he told him to bring some gifts to the captain and so here David goes up and remember now that he's already got a few battles under his belt. This is not his first time that he's been out. Uh, Now, he was not very much recognized. He was not very much looked upon by the rest of the soldiers to be one that anyone would ever pick to be able to do much of anything. Generally, that's the way God's people are. Even sometimes, people that you rub shoulders with will miss what God has planned for your life. It's generally not the one who's chomping at the bits to do it. It's the one that's running the other way. The prophet tells us the individual that wants to do something, they wind up being a stuffed shirt. Now, a stuffed shirt is not a very good friend to have. Because all you got to do is take the stuffing out of a shirt, and you've got an empty shirt. So you can imagine, uh, you know, that's the way it is sometimes. Myself, I don't want to be a stuffed shirt. I want to be a stuffed heart. Filled with the goodness of God. But our our scene opens up and David has now come into the ranks of the army. Now he's not part of the army, but he is a visitor. And he's one that is going to be uh, very much misunderstood even by his brothers. And he comes up at the right time. Now, they had been there now for quite some time, and I stood just a couple of years ago and exactly where this scenario that we're going to read about tonight took place, and it was a valley, a low place, and there was a little brook of water that came down through this brook or this valley, and there was a high place, if you're standing like this, the bus where we took, and it parked over here, and there was a bridge that came across The bus was sitting here. On this side was a high place, a mountain. On this side was a high place. And right down the middle of it was a brook. Now David was coming down to there uh, from Bethlehem. And he was bringing uh, his father's bidding to the brothers. And whenever he come out, it just so happened that a great mighty champion makes his challenge. 1 Samuel 17.4 and there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines, named Goliath of Gath, whose height was 6 cubits and a span. 6 cubits and a span would equal 9 feet and 9 inches. 9 feet and nine inches tall. Now he had 14 inch fingers. So your fingers are about half the size of your entire hand. 14 inch fingers folded over like this on his hand would mean he had a 28 inch hand. you imagine his head was about the size of a wash tub, and his eyeballs would have been about that big around. Now, the Bible calls him a champion. Now, I want you to notice how faith is. Faith is so unusual in the way that it looks at things and addresses things. It was not contrary to faith to identify this man as a champion. Faith can look at circumstances and it can say, well, I can see that they are there, but faith does not let those circumstances hinder it at all. I do not believe that Abraham went around saying, I'm not an old man. Sarah's not an old woman. Why her milk veins ain't dried up. Well, no, 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 that's not who I am. No, the Bible says he considered not the deadness of his own body. The Bible does not say he didn't say that it was dead, but he did not consider it. That's real faith. Now, notice he had a helmet of brass upon his head. And he was armed with a coat of mail. Now his helmet of brass weighed about 30 pounds. So can you imagine wearing a 30 pound helmet on your head? Now the Jews actually say that there was no place that was actually open on his head at all for the rock that David threw to be able to hit and go inside of there. Some of the artists have rendered their depiction of it and they draw it and make an empty place right here. But the Jews and the rabbis and those that go back and study Josephus and the ancient writings say that there was no hole at all because it would have not been fitting for the time of the Philistines. Or you say, how in the world did he ever get through it? Again, the rabbis say, when that rock left that sling, It was traveling at such high speed and velocity that it hit that solid brass helmet right in the front between his eyes and sunk that helmet, helmet and all, and made a cave inside of his head and penetrated his brain. Well, that's my father. Hallelujah. And he was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. So now watch this. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. So Goliath then wore this bronze brass helmet and a coat of scale armor. Now it was pieces of metal made like fish scales. This is the type that they would have had during that time so it was made of metal so there'd been one scale then another and another and another so he has his helmet on him and he has all this on his front then he has it on his legs so Goliath in doing all of this it weighed 5,000 shekels which is 125 pounds Also with bronze greaves and he was armed with a bronze javelin and a spear with a 15 pound iron tip. So he's got 125 pounds right here on his chest and he's got a spear like a weaver's beam or a weaver's needle which was over 20 foot long and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his spearhead weighed 600 shekels of iron and one bearing a shield went before him. Now this old boy ain't even packing his own shield. Notice the prophet says this about him in Three Kinds of Believer. A great big giant like that walking with a weaver's needle, which is claimed to be around 20 feet, had a 20-foot spear in his hand. Now a man like that could stand up and pick up a dozen men and throw them like that as they come up. What an opposition. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine? And ye servants of Saul, choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. Now, let's size this old boy up a non-armored Goliath just by average uh, by his bone structure and the mass of his body he would have weighed approximately 760 pounds that's without any armor and that's just saying he was an average sort of a guy so if he loved honey buns and little debbies he's probably even a little bit bigger than that So a 760 pound man. But now considering all of his armor that he had, it would have added approximately another 200 pounds to his weight. So you're looking at a man and standing there with all of his armor and all of his weight of about 960 pounds. 960 pounds. Boy, you say, Brother Donnie, it sure looked unfair. It did. It really looked unfair. As a matter of fact, he probably needed about 10 more and it still wouldn't be equal to David. Oh, you thought I was going to say it was unfair for Goliath. Oh, no, friend. I'm talking about the way faith looks at things. Can you imagine those in the army of Israel that really had faith when they looked out there that day and they saw that guy standing there and they looked at little David once he heard the reply and he went running that way. They thought, it just ain't fair. It just ain't fair. They said, what do you mean? It ain't fair for David? No, it ain't fair for Goliath. If you could only see yourself tonight as a child of God, filled with the Holy Ghost and with authority in the name of Jesus Christ, oh my, you would realize every devil out of hell trembles when the weakest of Christians gets down on their knees to pray oh my notice in verse 40 he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones maybe like this you know where these stones come from the same brook that David got his from. Now don't worry, I ain't gonna throw (laughs) them. Everybody, just be good, I'm I'm good, okay? As I stood there that day, brother, and whenever we were there, I thought, I love rocks anyway, I've got to get me at least five smooth stones. I got more than five for some friends of mine because they like rocks like I like rocks. But David, as he heard the challenge and the prophet said that cry, come across the ears of the wrong person that day. Now he had made his brag and his boast time and time again. But what was it about this little fellow that seemed different? Now there was other Israelites there. There was the army of God. There was Saul who was head and shoulders above the rest of his army. Saul himself had been a great mighty man and he'd done many wonderful things. But why didn't Saul go out there? Jonathan himself was a great warrior. That was David's brothers. And David began to hear this cry. But it come across his ears in a way that was entirely different. Isn't it amazing how people can hear the exact same thing? And one will hear it, it terrifies them. Another and hears it, it makes them so mad they're ready to tear the devil's jaw right off his face. They're ready to lid on him like ugly on ape. I'm telling you what, they're ready just to tear him limb from limb. Others are scared to death and one will become anointed by the Spirit of God to make the challenge of the hour and meet that challenge and take impossibles turn them into probable then from probable to absolute fulfillment oh I got to studying on that the other night some brother Daryl said here Sunday and I went through a big study on Monday and Tuesday and again today I'll tell you what I found some things that was absolutely phenomenal and I believe this is, must have been what it was for David that day when every took his staff in his hand, and he reached down and picked up those five smooth stones. Now, we are told that Goliath had four brothers. Okay, boys, your days are numbered. Now David had already proved this weapons that he had. He had already used it. And a battle was a lion, and a battle was a bear. And of course, Saul wanted to help him out and, you know, give him a great scholarship and this and that and the other. And then David tried it on to be respectful, but he said, I've not proved these. I don't know anything about this equipment. So he simply laid it aside, and David took what he was familiar with. And let me tell you tonight, it makes no difference what you're going through or what you're facing. Almighty God would never let you be where you are tonight. In the heat, maybe of some of you, the greatest battle that you've ever been through in your life, Almighty God would never let you be there unless he felt like you were equipped for the battle and don't look outside of yourself necessarily to see oh if this man oh well, I'll go over here and see if that preacher can pray for me and I'll go over there and see and maybe I'll find something I need sometimes all that you need is what you have already been using while you've been a surrendered child of God now would you notice that David was determined to fight with the weapons even though they were weak and unimportant as it may have seemed but yet he was familiar. Brother Damn, what do you mean here? I'm talking about your face, your prayer, your expectation, your belief. Oh, you're talking about that against the cancer? Absolutely right. Yes. You're talking about face against sugar diabetes? That's what I'm talking about. But it is a Weapon that you are already familiar with. Now he so he chooses him five smooth stones out of the brook. Now this place there is called uh, was named after this. The battlefield is the Valley of Elah. E L A H. You brothers, get the pictures ready so they can see it with me. So they're going to come down through there now and they're going to on either side, not a great big gigantic mountain at all the way we would think of a mountain, but yet whenever God had to have a place that a battle must be now notice and look at this picture go ahead and leave it up there, so you've got the stream of the stones right down in there, you've got the camp of the Israelites on one side and then you've got the camp of the Philistines on the other side, so they're up there high and they're safe and boy they're all cuddled in there and they ain't going nowhere as a matter of fact they just a few years ago found the archaeological remains of a city on top of where it says the camp of the Israelites and they found great big walls and great big gates and the carbon dated them and it went back to the very time of Saul so no wonder that Saul and the army didn't want to come out it ain't no wonder that they felt really safe and secure but David had never fought behind a wall before anyway so he really didn't need one. So David had met a lion one-on-one and a bear one-on-one so what is an uncircumcised Philistine when it comes to a man with faith in his heart? Amen. Amen. So here they were up on top of the hill, and they were fortified. So they had put their trust in the strength of these walls and miles. Saw a picture of it the other day, and how that they had dug out all this had been laying there for many, many years, and they hadn't even found it that it was there. And they began to look at the foundation, and what a great fortification that it was. I thought, well, it makes perfect sense. Why the Saul and all the rest of the cowards? Um, I mean, the army uh, didn't want to come out. They didn't want to risk, you know coming out of their safe place. I wish somebody would preach with me tonight. But you know, sometimes God has to kind of drive us out of our safe place, don't he? That's right. Now, so you can look and see what a spot this looks like, and probably it didn't look too much different, because whenever we were there a couple of years ago, still not inhabited really, uh, not any places I actually near there, close So it. It must have been very, very similar to where it was when little David walked out. Now, here stands this man that weighs with all of his armor and everything, nine to a thousand pounds. We're talking about a man that's nearly a half a ton and then here comes up this little stripling as Saul calls him so they said whose stripling is this whose little boy now David the prophet tells us that he weighed about 110 pounds but I'm telling you it still wasn't fair it just wasn't fair because here he is about a tenth of what old big eye old big head old big mouth old bragging devil i Say what you need to do tonight. You need to name that thing that you're facing, that champion that wants to stand up and say, ha, 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 I've got you, I'm gonna kill you, I'm gonna do this. You need to tell that champion that he's not coming against just any human being. You're not just anybody. You're part of the body of Jesus Christ. Yeah. and I'll do that in the Philistines you know how it was in the battlefield and the Philistines wanted the high ground which is very very important when you're making the attack and they kept waiting for the Israelites to leave their fortified city but they wouldn't come out but God had to send somebody that wasn't walled up in the message denomination he had to send a little boy down there hallelujah I mean he was this emotional you know hard guy that really loved God he was a holy roller he'd get back there in the back Of the wilderness by himself with him and a bunch of sheep and he had his little harp down there and he'd go to singing and shouting and jumping around and dancing. My, my, God said, I've got another battle for you, little boy. I've got a battle for you. All right, Lord, what do you want me to do? Just keep right on following me and walk this way. Oh, my notice this now the stream of the stones right down on the bottom camp of the Israelites on one side show another picture brothers First Samuel now here is a, a view from the very top of it what a beautiful place uh, the Philistine came and drew near unto David and the man that bare the shield went before him so one comes off of one mountain and the other one comes down off of the other mountain now the stream is right down in the valley Now want you you notice where David is going to kill his giant it's not going to be on the mountain but it's going to be on the valley of Elah in the valley oh you say oh God let me find my battles on the mountains no sometimes it's a greater victory my brother sister when you're down in the valley and the devil thinks he's got you sick in your body he's got your spirit wore down he's got this and that and the other wore down but somehow you reach down and you grab a hold of some stones and you go to putting them in your sling and you say there's one of F A I T-H, and then you go to counting them all again, J-E-S-U-S, hallelujah, oh, pray, but Brother Donnie, that ain't very much, oh, you wait till I read to you how fast that stone was moving when it left that swing. Oh, yeah. You see, our government, and the government of China and of Russia, and different ones of the world are trying to build and manufacture sixth generation stealth fighters, and all all of the hypersonic missiles and things that they've got and they're moving. They've got aircraft right now. I was just looking at some pictures of some of them last night. They fly over 1,800 miles an hour. 1,800 miles an hour. That can carry payloads of 70,000 pounds. That was a mixture of conventional and also nuclear warheads. That can fly some of them 70,000 feet. They can go so High and so fast, and some of the stealth fighters cannot even be picked up on radar. That ain't nothing compared to how fast that smooth stone was going when it left David's sling. Now, here they come. Oh, my! And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. Disdained. The word disdain means to despise, hold in contempt, to be despicable, to be vile, and worthless. So what is he going to do? Now the champion is going to take his words and he's going to berate David by these words. Now listen, he disdained him for he was but a youth and ready and of a fair countenance. So David was kind of red, kind of red. He had spots on him, you know, freckles like and kind of curly headed and kind of a cute little feller. So he was a cute little fella. I'll tell you one thing, without hypersonic smooth rock, I would have left his sling, all cuteness is gonna be forgotten. That's right. So here he is, he is a teenager. Now remember, he's not 40, 50, 60 years old. He is a teenager could he do this? How could a boy in his right mind walk up, now a little bitty old guy and he's going to walk up to a man that's nine foot nine, nine foot six, something like that and look like a big tank standing there. Can you imagine? He looked like a big tank standing there compared to a 110 pound boy but David didn't even look at that. It didn't even slow him down. As a matter of fact, the prophet said he took off toward him dancing in the Spirit. Oh, praise God. How could he do it? Because David knew he served the God of impossibilities. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods well he's got a God problem right off so David already knew that part now what so they're coming down in the valley now whenever we were there a couple of years ago this thing is washed of course for thousands of years and part of the places where I was walking down in there with some of the other brothers and sisters that went with us uh, it was I mean it was this deep where I was in places it was even deeper than that so David goes down in there and he comes out on the other side and he looks like a grasshopper he looks like a little bitty old feller I mean he ain't got no sword he ain't got no shield he ain't got no greaves I mean Goliath looks at him and you imagine as he roars down through there am I a dog that you would send this little guy back down here to me oh my and the Philistines said to David come to me come to me I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air that devil out of hell that holds that sickness or that disease over you and said come to me and I'll do this and this to your flesh you need to say to him you and what army you and what army my life is not in your hands you cannot do to me as you want if God allows this to happen it is only for my good and to prove that he is still the God of David He can take a young man or a young woman or an old man or an old woman and put their stone in their sling of faith and go around and around and around and turn it loose and it hits that cancer right between the eyes. Or it hits that sugar diabetes right between the eyes. Or that family problem that you're dealing with right between the eyes. Hallelujah, wow. We serve a God of impossibilities. He takes things that are impossible and makes them possible. Then said David to the Philistine Thou comest to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of Beshem. Glory to God. Beshem, Jehovah of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. Isn't it amazing? And never even mentioned his sling. He never even mentioned them five rocks that he picked up. But what Goliath was expecting his gods and his armament to do, David expected the name of the Lord to do even greater to him. Amen. Lord children I know it's a common to us and we say the name of Jesus but if you only realize our brother Derek quoted here I think a Wednesday night or so ago and the prophet had said it that the name of Jesus is the key to every gate that you'll ever need in your life I'm not talking about just repeating it cause somebody else repeats it but when you are in that name Amen. you're not saying a name that is foreign to you it is your family name it's It is the name of your bridegroom. It is your name. It is the name of earth. It is the family name. (laughs) Glory to God, I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Now what Goliath expected from his arms And his gods, David believed the ineffable, listen, the ineffable name would do. This was, if you know the word Jehovah, you know the translators actually put the vowels in the name. In the original, there's no vowels, there's no E, there's no A. It's J-V-H-U. And even a true Jew today, you look on any of their websites, they'll not have the full name of God spelled out. They say it's too sacred to spell. But David said when he used the name, I come to you in the name of the ineffable, which means his name is so powerful I can't even fully describe it. It is so awesome that there's not enough words to be. Oh, no wonder, oh, glory to God, that the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it and are saved. The name of the Lord. So here stands the little cute guy. You know, little spots on his face and maybe a little curly hair. Now he was a seasoned looking sort of a fellow, but he still had his use and he was still a cute little guy. So Goliath looked at him and said you've got to be kidding me. This is who they sent to meet me and you'll regret it big boy. Oh he probably looked at him and said this ain't even no challenge. I would hold on before I spoke if I was you. Lord, children, if you only realize tonight what it is when children of God are able to call out on the name of the Lord in faith and the promise of God when you don't feel nothing and you're you're crying and you're praying and it seems like God's a million miles away and it don't move you one iota. You stand right there on the promise of the word and you tell that devil to back off and get away from you because that ineffable name is the name of your husband. Now I want to remind you tonight. David didn't even have the Holy Ghost. David didn't have a church to go to. He didn't have a pastor to preach, encouraging messages. But what David had was a walk with God. The Lord was David's shepherd. He knew him. Oh, glory to God. He knew he was a mighty God. This day. Will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand? And I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. It may be bigger than what I can tote, but I am going to cut it off. A boy, a boy without the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. I will give the carcasses of the host. He wasn't just indicting Goliath. He was indicting the whole army. Can you imagine they was holding their sides, Brother Dow, laughing and ridiculing and making fun of this little brat? This little smart up looking feller, why well my goodness, is the boy out of his mind? He' been eating local weed, ain't he? There's something wrong with that boy. He must be a nut. But God had already revealed it to him. The prophet of God, I I, I shared a quote with somebody the other day, going through a real difficult time, and I found it in studying. The brother Branham said, "When a person has a real faith," that the doctors could be standing around you. And he said, you're right down to the last breath is in your body. But if God has revealed it to you, you're not going to die. You'll stand right there in life in them doctor's face. Amen. You imagine the last breath is in your body and it's fixing to go out. But God's revealed to you. You say, how in the world can a person do it? Well, you've read the Bible. You know that in St. John 11, there was a man that had been dead four days. His nose had already fell in. He didn't even last breath, but the Lord Jesus called his name. Faith don't look at circumstances. It does not look at events that's around it. It don't let the government control our fear. It don't let science control it. Faith looks at God's word alone. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. And I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air. And to the wild beast of the earth. That all Israel may know that there is a God. Isn't it amazing he said all this and he didn't say so Israel can know I'm here. Get the band ready. Get the lights ready. Everybody stand in attention to me. That's the stuffed shirt guy. Why is he doing all this? Why is he risking his life that Israel may know there's a God. Amen. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with the sword and spear for the battle. Lord, children, if you could ever, if you don't hear but one thing I say tonight, remember this. The battle is the Lord's. Whatever you're dealing with tonight, if Satan can talk you into taking the battle away from Jesus, and you think you've got to figure it out and you think you've got to wrestle that and you've got to do this and do that and sure David was an instrument but he had enough sense to know the battle was not his and Goliath's. Hallelujah. David was no more than a smooth rock in the hand of God. Amen. Yes sir. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. And one thing I like about a real champion, a real servant of God, when God does use him to do a great thing to encourage the army of God, he doesn't want to keep the victory all to himself but he wants all the rest of the army. Now, no doubt he could have said, you bunch of cowards, y'all as yell as you can be. Well, there wasn't no one of you that would stand out here by my side. You think I'm gonna share the glory with you now? That's not a real servant of God. Amen. Amen. But he said it before it ever happened. After this, my brothers up there shaking their boots, they're gonna be screaming here in just a bit. Oh, yeah. Hang tight, bro. Amen. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose. So now David has taunted him. Come on, big boy. Come on. Come on. You want to fight? Come on. Got one with your name on it. And four more, for your brothers. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We'll not only conquer COVID, we'll conquer cancer. We'll conquer TB. We'll conquer low blood, high blood, no blood. We'll conquer whatever the devil puts in front of us. Hallelujah. It makes no difference. The Lord Jesus has already got the devil's name wrote on the stones in your pocket. Glory to God. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David came to himself and said, Dear God, what have I done? (laughs) (laughs) David hasted and ran. Praise God. God, may I be like this. David hasted and ran toward the army. One boy. One. And it still wasn't fair. <laughs> They didn't know it, but they were still bad, outnumbered. That devil that's trying to hinder you, that devil that's afflicted your body, oh my, and then he'll call for a buddy to help and another buddy to help. Why? He's scared to you, little daughter of God. He's scared to death of you, son of God. Or if one of you can put a thousand, two can put ten (sighs) thousand. David put his hand. And his bag, and took thence a stone and slang it, and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face. Now have you ever thought of this? This is really the opposite way that he should fall. You know, if anybody hits you in the face or you get hit in the face, what do you do? You tend to go back like this. So here stands a barrage of about a ton of massive mess. And here this thing comes out of his sling and hits him right in the head. Naturally, you'd think he'd go this way. But it's easier to remove that head if he's face down. So God, through the power of aerodynamics, caused something to change in the rhythm of the body. <laughs> you imagine as he jerked, and God said, "No, on face down, old boy, bow down." Bow. You demon of fear, bow down to the name of Jesus. Bow down to God's queen. Bow down to God's queen.
1: Hallelujah.
0: What's the prophet said? He picked up these five stones. Well, this great big boasting infidel walked out there and cursed him in the name of his idol. Cursed David why I said, I'll take you on the end of my spear, which is like a weaver's needle. Longer than one of them middle tent poles. And Brother Bam's standing there preaching in a tent. And he said, I'll take you on the end of my spear. Little old boy weighed about 110 pounds. Kind of scrawny. drawled in. drawled in. Little old fella. So you look at yourself and you say, "Well, I, I ain't a great big warrior like Brother Daryl. I ain't a great big warrior like this person, that person. I'm just kind of scrawny, and I'm kind of drawn up, and I'm this and that." Sound like a real, real hand for God to move in your life? You sound like David. It ain't the guy that goes to the gym. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Well, he presses his arm up. Man, it looks like a turkey egg standing up there. Whoa. Whoa. No, that's the guy that does this. I don't want one of them guys on my side. I'd rather have the guy that don't say nothing. But when the giant gets out there, he's a giant killer. Woo. I want a man that if I get in the heat of the battle they'll be able to stand with me back to back Oh, Brother Jim Babb told me several years ago, bless his heart, his reward, resting in heaven tonight. But he told me several years ago some of the hard things that we went through here at our church. And he said, I'll tell you, Brother Donnie, you got some good brothers standing by you. He said, I know we got some preachers in the message and he said, you know, they're not gonna say anything controversial. And he said, you kind of remind me of a street fighter. And he said, I'll say this, if I ever got into a street fight, I'd want you right there on the other side of me. I said, well, thank you, Brother Jim. I feel the same way. Oh, my, I was reading some of the texts I'd sent to him just just, just before he was able to graduate today I said oh my it just broke my heart just thinking about him missing him so bad but I realized friends that whenever we are called God don't want people that just pansy around and they want all the photographs you know the Charles Atlas guy I told you before whenever I was a kid I used to read them in the in the magazines and I ordered one thing after another after another and I'd see old Charles Atlas and I thought boy that's going to be me I know I know don't laugh at me you know come to the back door and I used to say before the mirror, and I'd pull myself in like that, uh, about like Popeye. Uh huh. You know what I'm talking about? But I'm so glad. I never could make no muscles, I never could build no strength, but I'm so glad I'm in an army. Praise God. I'm so glad I'm in the army of the Lord. I'm so glad, Brother West. Oh no, aren't you glad that we belong in the army of the Lord tonight and we take our stand and say against these uncircumcised Philistines, bow down. Bow down, you demons of fear, you demons of oppression, bow down to the conqueror. The prophet said, oh, Goliath was all covered over with steel, all up and down like that, just one little spot. And here he comes across to meet him. Little bitty fellow about like this, and Goliath about like that, sent another spear ready to pick him up and hang him up on a tree somewhere. Here come little David, just a-bouncing in the spirit. (laughs) Whoo! Oh, my, notice Brother Ramsey said, here come little David, just a-bouncing in the spirit. Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) Oh, what a holy roller. Now I realize we ain't got many holy rollers left in the message. We're all holy setters. <laughs> oh, 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 what a holy roller. Victory already laying face down. He ain't even killed yet, but David's already got a victory dance. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Goliath, get thee behind. Victory today is mine. Why? It was a gate. And David said, I'm taking it today. He placed the name of the Lord God of Israel before him now listen I told you I told you it wasn't fair the prophet said all devils in hell couldn't wade across it little David just to dance him in the spirit Whew drunk before he ever got over there. Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Brother Ben says, Oh, glory! Hallelujah! What was it? He had five stones. F-A-I-T-H and five fingers wrapped. Five, notice this, five stones F-A-I-T-H And five fingers wrapped this string around Jesus. Here he comes. Oh, brother, look out, Goliath. When he set that loose, the Holy Ghost got a hold of that little stone and picked up a speed of a thousand miles per second. Man, I'd like to have a gun that shoot that fast. <laughs> Whoa, you could drop that deer, brother, down before he ever breathed. Can you imagine? David had flung no doubt many stones, but he had never flung one like this. And as far as we know, he never flung another. Why? It was the hypersonic power of God that got a hold of that, and sure, David had to do his part, as you and I will. God didn't take the sling. God didn't put the stone in the sling, but David done his part, and then God said, now you need some of my part, David. (laughs) Hallelujah. No doubt David by himself could have never caused this to happen but the Holy Ghost got a hold of that rock. Lord have mercy. The Holy Ghost got a hold of it and the prophet said at a speed of about a thousand miles per second. Struck that giant between the face and he fell forward. Hallelujah. Oh my. So David prevailed over the Philistine. With a sling and with a stone. Well, that's the way they do in wartime. Well, they met the Germans, and the Germans had this and this and this, this, and the Americans was using this and this and this. Well, this is what God is doing. He's having this great battle recorded, and he done told what all Goliath had, and he told what God's champion had. A sling and a stone. Lord God, children, whenever the epitaph of our life is written, and whenever we get up there to heaven and all the things that we've done for the kingdom of God, don't you want God to have some Bible stories wrote about you? Don't you understand there's saints of God that's alive today that are walking through hell on this earth, and their lives are just as much a Bible depiction of a true hero as any of them in the Old or the New Testament? Oh. And so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling, and with a stone, and smote the Philistine, and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran. Boy, now he's in, he, he is a holy roller, ain't David ran and stood upon the Philistine, and took. Glory to God. Glory to God. Took his sword. He got his own head cut off by his own sword. Oh, glory to God. He took his sword and drew it out of the sheath. Don't you love that kind of battle? This dude never even got a chance to pull his sword out. Well, how could you a stone flying a thousand miles a second? I mean, it hits you before you ever even have time to second, take a second breath. You ain't even got time to put your hand on the scabbard. And his sword is still inside of there. Oh, glory to God. And he cut off his head. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. So whatever that champion is that Satan has sent to your home, to your life to your walk with God and there may be one champion so called that's holding so much over you and with the death of that one will bring such a host of victory Amen. David possessed the gate of the Philistine let me read you a couple of quotes my goodness where'd that time go The prophet said if we become in spirit sons of God. Deity dwells in the man. Hallelujah. Then you talk about blind eyes being open. They said nothing is impossible to God. But God said nothing is impossible with you. If you believe not with God but with you. Deities in man. The very God that stood back there on the mythical platform of the eternities and rolled the worlds off of his hands and created these things gives you the privilege to be his son. And you're a part of him and God dwells in mankind and man himself is deity. Hallelujah, there you are. It might choke you, but study over that a little while. He dwells in man, and man becomes the son of God. No, not him and himself, but the Holy Spirit that's in him is God. The creator lives in the creation. Oh my, I think of that. Then standing with an unwavering face, ask what you will, and it will be done unto you. There he is, God. There he is. Let's stand. Oh, glory to God. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Let's go over. Let's go over to the quote, uh, What Think You of Christ? Paragraph eight, just a couple more over there. We'll pick this other one up, Lord willing, next Wednesday. If the right mental attitude, you just take the right mental attitude towards any divine promise, watch it materialize. See, no matter how it looks, It looks impossible. If God said so, he makes it possible. David's situation looked totally impossible. But God said so, so he made it possible. Well, then if we have the life of God in us, born again, we have God's life in us, which makes us believe like God does. That whatever the word says, it'll materialize. It says, "My stripes for heel. That settles it. God said so. That's when a man is born of the spirit of God. He's the son of God. Then he believes for things that's impossible. Amen. He still believes it because why? His God is in him by the Holy Spirit. And he believes. Notice this. The same Jesus tonight. You've got to believe the impossible in order to have new life. Let me also say this as God's servant. Because I know from what I speak. The impossibles are made real when God is took at his word.
1: Amen.
0: When any person will take that same word, it'll bring the same results every time. Every time you ask it. Amen. Let me read one more. You got two more minutes? But no matter how it was impossible, God can alter circumstances. Amen. He can make the impossible become a probable. And not only probable, they could make it a reality. So God takes impossible and makes it probable and then they, they, they who, you and God then hmm. it's not only just probable, but you and God united together when two omnipotents meet. Right. Amen. They could make it a reality when man take God at his word and accept the provided way that God provided for the man. Jehovah's miracles. Mary had to believe for the impossibles. But God takes the impossibles and makes them real when he's took at his word. The doctor might have said you 'll never get rid of that cancer. The doctor might have said you 'll never be able to walk again well it 's impossible for you to do it, but impossibles fade out when god 's took at his word. No matter what the doctor said he 's doing the best he can, but God is God. How many' seen him take impossibles in your life? Things that people looked at and said, there's no way, there's no way, and yet God took it and changed it from an impossible to a probable, from a probable to a reality. Amen. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. We have to believe the impossibles to see new life. Amen. But when you believe the impossible, if the doctor says you got cancer and you're dying. You've got to believe the impossible to see new life take a hold of you. If the doctor says you'll never walk, you've got to believe the impossible to see new life come into you. New life in them fibers. And God will bring forth a new hand. That's right. A new arm. Amen. New lungs. New stomach. Friends, what are we talking about? Third pull. Praise God. A new hand, a new arm, new lungs, new stomach, whatever it is, God will do it if you will take Him at His word. Praise God. How many believes in that? Not only those of you that are present, but those of you that are streaming. Those of you around the world that will go back and archive. Praise God. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, impossible things are made possible when you are taken at your word. We thank you for everything that doctors can do to help us. But Lord, we know many times they don't have a cure. They don't even have an answer. They'll tell us one thing, and then six months they have to tell us something else. Our doctors are baffled right now with COVID. Now we've got this Omicron that's come across, and the doctors, they don't know what to make of it. They've they, they got to have more studies. Well, I've been doing that very same thing. Lord, I've been studying. But I ain't been studying on Omicron. I ain't been studying on all the variants. I've been studying on your word. So whatever comes our way, this army of the living God can be ready for it. I don't want to study on what isotopes we can do to nucleus so-and-so and whatever so-and-so. I don't understand that. Most of these people don't. But what I need is faith to anoint me, Lord, in the time of battle. So I can step down in the valley of Elah whenever I'm facing a Goliath that's before me that seems impossible. And the Spirit of God will anoint my heart to pick up a stone out of the brook. And I'll go to dancing towards the devil with all of my might. Hallelujah. Father, anoint your people, I pray. I believe, Lord God, with all of my heart, we are living on the brink of a great, great thing that's going to happen in the lives, the families, the homes, and the churches of the real message believers hallelujah when we will not just only quote these things and talk about them and wish they were so but we will see them with our very eyes hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah. we see the apostolic times moving among us as your prophet said but we long to see more of it Father. Amen. Lord you heard these many requests and these many needs that were, that were read Lord God and we commit every one of them to you tonight Father and many others no doubt that were not even turned in but we believe our God is the God of David our God is the God of impossibility so Lord we won't come with a great intellectual education we won't come father with some theological training but we come with faith we come with prayer we come with obedience this is what we've used all of our life since we've been saved this is what got a hold of us Lord when we come to you at the altar is faith in God we've used this to get the Holy Ghost we use this when sick has come against us and Lord God we'll meet the challenge of whatever the devil does so if the devil brings 175 variants of COVID we'll meet every one of them in the name of the Lord and we'll say to the devil you are not going to dominate our lives by fear you are not going to control our lives by oppression you are a liar and we say to you tonight we are sick and tired of you trying to bondage us up in your old gates we say tonight in the name of Jesus hell house of hell give way house of hell give way to the name of Jesus Christ may the sick be healed may the bound be delivered hallelujah 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 thank you Lord Jesus hallelujah we believe you Lord God we believe you Lord God thank you Lord Jesus
1: are here, moving in our midst. I would.
0: Yes. It it from yes. to Hallelujah. Yes. Heavenly Father, we believe we're brought on the earth to serve your purpose. Yes. Take yes. Brother McCoy. Hallelujah. We are not in Satan's hand. Yes. He does not own our life. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, yes. would you move for our breath? Yes. Heavenly Father, if you get ready to call him home, we will by <coughs> no means argue with you or debate with you. But Lord God. If it's your will that he lives and we join our faith oh, and yeah. our brother, we put our little stones inside of yes, our swing of faith and we say, back off That's death. God. In the name of Jesus, we've got no hope. Hallelujah. We serve the resurrection and the yes. life. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For our brother, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We need you Lord, we need you Lord, right now, Mm -hmm. we need you Lord. Our hands, we bow our knees and worship at your throne. You, Lord,
0: right now. Everybody, let's sing it together. Oh, make it personal. I need you. I need you, Lord. I need you.
2: Let's just sing this song tonight. Nothing's too big for our God. Amen. How many believe that tonight? Amen. Amen. Service. Remember service Sunday at 11. Come believing. Come expecting. Amen. Take what you've got tonight. Hold it to your hearts. Oh, there's nothing too big for my God. Oh, no, no, there's nothing too big for my God. I'm in his race. Oh no there's nothing. Eternally, deity, you see, nothing's too big for God, no impossibility. Oh, no, there's nothing too big. in the mind of God He's given us the power To rise above our enemies Nothing's too big for God No impossibility Oh no, no, there's nothing too big For my God